right, hey y'all. Hey. Welcome to, hey, <laughs> welcome to the Real Raw Real podcast. And today, myself, B. Shane, Yolanda, and Stephanie have a very special guest. Um, super excited to chat with her. If you've been to CCTS, you know that she is one of the most charismatic people we have seen. She walks the catwalk like no other. <laughs> and the, the cat ears are perfect for this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So today we oh, are chatting. I do too. I love it. Today we are chatting with the Dr. Fit Jess, also known as Jessica Wilson, two-time Olympian. Did I get that right? Two-time? Two-time. All right. Two-time bikini Olympian. And we have the pleasure of having her as our first guest. So how are you doing, Miss Jess? Hey. Oh, my gosh. stuff. I'm, I am through the moon. I'm, I'm like over the moon. This is so fun. And I, I just learned that I am the inaugural guest. So that's, that just makes this even more special. So I'm really honored to have been invited um, and to be on this podcast with such amazing women that I have met through, hey, Cuties Conquering the Stage. Um, but, uh, you know, unified through bodybuilding, which is obviously kind of the main glue that holds us together here. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and, and thank you for accepting our invite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Really appreciate it. So, Absolutely. being that you are our inaugural, you probably don't know a whole lot about our podcast yet. Um, and at this juncture, we have not launched, but shortly after this, we will. Um, but we call it the Real Raw Real, right? So, we want you to be as authentic as possible. Um, real Raw Real for us is just transparent, honest, vulnerable all of the things that you feel comfortable sharing. And so we like to say that this is not your ordinary bikini pod. We're not talking about, not necessarily talking about, you know, how to train better, how to do this or how to do that. But we want to know about real life, right? Like most of us that are competitors have full-time jobs and competing is literally a hobby. And so what we want to shed light on is, that aspect like how you merge or how you balance com competition life and work life or life life you know all of the things <laughs> work life or life life so uh, that's kind of what we want to dig in today and i knew probably last year before this podcast ever even was thought of or conceived that i would just love to talk to you you are uh, such a compelling speaker like very compelling speaker and you literally brought some real raw real to ccts not only last year but this year right mm -hmm. so before we dive into that can you tell us a little bit about yourself um for the people who may not be familiar with you yet absolutely gosh brandy i'm like getting emotional i could feel i could feel you know it's like i can feel that energy from when I did share, you know, as a speaker and um, I'm just really excited. So guys, if I'm like talking too fast, <laughs> just slow me down. Or if, I, excited. if I, I, I'm just really <laughs> excited. Um, so my mind tends to go all over the place, but you know, you definitely brought me back to, you know, that experience this year and the year prior. Um, but who am I, right? Like mm -hmm. that's what the people want to know. So yeah. I um, 
So I'm a bikini pro, uh, clearly, as as I was introduced here, um, two-time Olympian, um, made it to the Olympia for the first time at the age of 40. So that is something that I am very excited about to share with other women that are closer to my age group or beyond, um, but really for everyone in this community. Um, now, where did I come from? So I'm a native New Yorker, um, born and raised in Manhattan. However, uh, even though I was born here in the United States, I was raised real Dominican. So <laughs> my heritage um, from Dominican Republic and my mom came to this country Gosh, late 70s, not knowing a single word of English um, and made it for herself, um, had me a few years afterward, did end up raising me as a single mother and I was her only child. So that's, you know, to, to give you a little bit of idea of the kind of grit uh, that is within my soul. Um, that's definitely an important part of my backstory. So seeing my mom being this um this role model. And that's really who I saw around me. Um, definitely had an impact in my life. Now, I English was my second language. Um, so I did learn Spanish before English. And again, I grew up raised it with that different heritage. So I was watching Spanish soap operas and uh, a show called Sabado Gigante for all the Spanish folk out there, you'll know, um, unless you guys are familiar with it. But um, big game show. It's a big, big, big and primetime Spanish television. So I grew up learning there. Um, I didn't have Sesame Street. I didn't have all those other things that kids here in the United States were exposed to. So when I ended up going to school, it was an interesting experience. Um, I ended up on the special van because I was at ESL. Um, and I was always that little girl, like basically what you see now, just bring that back like to that four or five-year-old um the really gregarious uh little girl that just wanted to be friends with everybody the the little girl that loved animals and always knew i always knew i wanted to be a veterinarian since i was like teeny uh what i didn't realize is in getting to that point of my life where I accomplished that goal of getting that career, um, I realized more and more how much I really, even though I love the animals and that will never, ever change. They are my first love, but my love of people um, evolved quite substantially. I'm, you know, in taking that oath of becoming a veterinarian and serving the public health and serving animals, I realized I'm serving people. I'm truly, really serving people, which is a very kind of foreign concept for a, a lot of individuals that want to go into the veterinary field um, because we're all about the animals, right? Like we didn't want to be human physicians because, ew, people are gross. It's just kind of thrown around a whole lot. So I see the scrubs, girl. So I know you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, and so I, through the years and guys, again, I'm over 40 now. So th the majority of my life was within that world. And I realized, man, I really love to help people. I can do that through their animals, but this is, this evolved as well. And, um, stumbling into bodybuilding, which I know we're going to get into the how, um, that has opened so many more doors because another thing about me as a child, so I wanted to work with animals. I wanted to help people, but I always envisioned, and this is wild. So like, go back and pay attention to what you dreamt of as a child. Like, I mean, little child, those big dreams that seem really crazy. Like I want to be an astronaut. I want to be this. I want to be, guess what? You can make that happen. So 
I very oddly enough, as a little kid, always envisioned that I was going to live in California. Don't know why. I'm the New Yorker, by the way, that's never going to leave because nothing else is out there, right? But I'm like, I'm going to end up in California. Hmm. I'm going to be on a stage someday. I don't know what, I didn't know what that was, but I knew I was going to create impact. I was going to be able to reach a lot of people. I just didn't know what the message was or the why or any of that. But I'm like living my childhood dream, which is wild. I'm not even kidding. So that's a little bit about my backstory. Because um, I'm not just a bodybuilder, guys. We're a whole lot more, all of us. So, Right. And that's exactly what we want to bring to this, uh, to our little corner of the podcast world. So I appreciate you sharing that. I actually didn't know you were from New York, Manhattan, New York. All the things. It's funny because I'm in Manhattan, Kansas. And it's apparently like one of the meccas for like vet schools, Kansas State. My neighbor, my two neighbors are actually in veterinary schools. So I think that's pretty awesome. I also think it's kind of rare, maybe, I think, to see somebody who knew exactly what they wanted to be when they grew up Mm -hmm. and then actually become that. Because I can say Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of things that I wanted to be. Um, and then my mind has changed so much, you know, growing up, there's so many things that you can do and you can be. So I think that it's, uh, incredibly special and super awesome that I you mean, actually did that. Let's kind of start it right there though. Like just, <laughs> just listening to that. I'm like, wow, for you to follow through and execute something that you dreamt of from such a young age, that's really amazing. Like, what do you feel it was that really kept you on track and motivated to hit these very specific goals yeah that age to now like that that's amazing like what really helped guide you in all of those stages to keep that going and push those goals or what animals (laughs) well the cat it's always the cat i don't know well you could see my little peter parker my little terrier i'm like where's my finger but there's there's like the cheetah Where's my, f- there it is. The, che- like, I gotta go this way. the little cheetah print. And I've got, I've got my two wild cats that I actually met in person. Well, they're on the wall. I can't move the camera necessarily, but um, in South Africa, I got to meet uh, wow. a few big cats and, and work on some big cats. So I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy cat lady. I mean, maybe I'm not crazy, but I'm, I'm definitely a cat person. I'm an everything person, but um, cats have always captured my heart. Um And so it was a cat that that confirmed and solidified. It was my very, very, very first cat when I was tiny and I begged my mom. Now, um, another thing I mentioned I didn't mention is I grew up poor, (laughs) like poor, poor. So, you know, welfare, food stamps, housing assistance, all of it. Mom worked in factories. She took me to them because there was no child care. And man, I should look like if labor laws found out the things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would not be good but, but right like answer, let me cover my ears like let me just mm, oh <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the day in the 80s um, right. <laughs> yes. um but she worked in a lot of the textile factories so again the the the, the fumes and the glues and all that yeah i got exposed to all of that explain, mm-hmm. explain some things um <laughs> <laughs> But um, she did what she had to do. She did what she had to do. So she she always and I'm going to get to your uh, question, Yolanda. I'm going to get to that. Um, yes. is, what what is it? You know, the what pushed me. So mm-hmm. um, my mom, and even until this day, when she has her mind to something, she just doesn't see another possibility. 
period. Like it's just not a, like another option is just not, it's just, it's not something that computes. And I think I inherited some of that because when I make my mind up about something, this is like the first time I'm admitting this, you guys, when I make my mind up about something, it's already done. And Mm -hmm. I believe that's the truth for everyone. You know, when you decide, when you decide it's done, it's done. You just got to line up with it. Right. So, so what I think pushed me and I, and I never thought I really did ever tap into the negativity. Um, Cause I'm a very, again, you ladies know me, like I'm very positive and I'm very optimistic, but I think now thinking back, it was the failure, the failure, the failure is what kept me on track on track. So I didn't get into veterinary medical school right away. Just like I didn't okay. go pro right. Well, I, I kind of went pro kind of quickly, but I didn't get to that Olympia <laughs> stage for years. So, gotcha. so what, what, <laughs> so I very clearly remember the nose. So like when I'm a little girl and I'm like, I want to be an animal doctor. I couldn't say the word veterinarian um, at that age, but I'm like, I want to be an animal doctor. And my mom's like, Oh, you don't want to work with people. Like you don't want to be a real doctor. That's going to bring up that's triggering word yeah. words. You don't want to be a real doctor? And I'm like, mom, I want to help the animals. People, bleh. I don't want to help people. They can help themselves. So I like, I had that knowledge <laughs> as a child, but that was the first no, right? And I told her, I'm like, Mm-mm, mom, I'm doing this. And culturally, from, from my background, it, animals, it's different today. And I'm speaking of like, this is the 80s. Back then, it's like, it's a dog, it's a cat, like, if they're not useful, meaning if they're not a cat that's like a mouser and, and having a job in whatever the environment is, or a dog that's going to be a guard dog or, you know, something to that effect, it's like, well, get sick, just get another one. Like it's not, it, it wasn't um, seen as a valuable member of the family, that sort of thing. And of course, thinking about livestock and my mom came from like uh, the country. So it was donkeys, livestock, chickens, you know, f- animals or food. Um, so that was the first no. And I'm like, nope, I'm doing it. I don't care what you say. And then little by little, she she kind of came around and realized how serious I really was. Even as a child, her biggest concern was my safety. You know, oh, my gosh, you're going to get bit, which I've been bit before. Oh, my God, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get rabies. And I've been there. No, I didn't get rabies. I didn't die. But I'm vaccinated <laughs> for that. Um, but that's a long story. But um, it, her concern was, oh, my God, my little girl is going to get hurt. And once I was able to show her through my experience with animals how how good I am with them and 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 how skilled I am with them she she kind of she just backed off and understood um <clears throat> now fast forwarding to high school <clears throat> so I everything in my life was academics I never did any sports I never did anything outside of like just go to school um I did choir I did some things that I could do where my mom uh, could loosen the, the the rope a little bit. I was very shielded, very overprotected. There's a reason. I understand it now as an adult. Um, so my mom didn't really let me do a lot of activities and we couldn't afford it. So um, that was another factor as well. So fast forward to high school, I'm applying now to my undergrad. So I knew I had to go to undergrad, get a degree, and then apply to veterinary medical school. Um, I remember going to the admissions counselor in Fordham University. This was Fordham University. 
very, very high accolades. It's, it's not an Ivy League, but it's almost there. And I had to apply through the minority programs. That was really kind of my only way in. Um, and I remember going and being interviewed by this gentleman. And he told me, and he was he was minority as well of Indian descent, um, and he's like, "You're you're not you're never going to make it as a doctor. You're never going to make it into vet school. Your grades are oh. not good enough. You don't you're not good enough." Wow. And I sat, and they were going to give me a full scholarship. They were going to give me a full ride, like they were going to give me a full ride. And I just felt like, "Sir, you do not line up with my integrity and what I believe is possible." I didn't say all of that. I didn't have the wisdom yet, but but I I didn't react. I thanked him for his time. I shook his hand and I walked out and I declined them. And I'm like, "Oh crap, that was dumb. They were going to give me a full ride. Like, what do I do now?" <laughs> and so, um. So that was another moment where like he sat me down and like minority to my, like, you know, cause they put us, they put this kind of um, concept over our heads at the time where like we're minorities and this is the only route because you're not good enough for the other way to enter a school, which is normal application, right? Like you got the right. grades, you got, you can do it. So you don't have money. They're not going to look at you for that. Well, there were other ways around that, but like that mentality of like, I could only go through these programs that just didn't compute to me. So, so I declined them. I did end up going to NYU for my undergrad nice. and I did, I did receive some scholarships and I did go in through the HEOP program, which is the higher education opportunity program. Um, and I realized I still wanted to be a vet and they didn't have a pre-vet program. <laughs> So like, what am I doing? Right. Right. Um, So I was discouraged. And I mean, I was, I was again by the counselors at that institution discouraged about pursuing the career. They were like, yeah, you could go to the, through the MD route, but yeah, this isn't looking too promising. So I'm like, screw this. How are we on profanity here? Because I'm a New Yorker. No, you're fine. Okay. So I'm like, fuck (laughs) this shit. Oh wait, you're like, oh no, wait, (laughs) we can bleep that out. I was like, let me ask you, Lon. I don't have kids, though. So <laughs> Sorry, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came out. Okay, he's I'll coming in and out of the room, but he's, okay. he's out. I'm right gonna now. just keep it. Okay. I'm just gonna keep it PG. I'm just gonna you keep know, it PG. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's real. real. I'm just like, wait, we're real, real, right? I'm just gonna let yeah. it out. So I was like, this ish. Like, I'm gonna figure this out. So I, I just did it all on my own. <laughs> And I think there was like one other student that was maybe toying with the idea of being pre-vet, but they weren't like, they didn't have the hunger. So I'm like, I want this, like, I'm going to do this. They told me, not because I convinced myself that I was told I couldn't, I see the patterns now later in my life, but I'm like, nah, I want this. So I ended up working for an animal hospital um, in downtown New York city. And then doing that part-time going to school, I ended up failing a class. (laughs) I I ended up failing. It was calculus, y'all. Calculus. Mm. Mm. Ask me if I use any of that. No. no so I no. So so actually, I didn't end up failing it. I I knew I was going to fail it. I knew I was going to fail it. You you, you do the math. <laughs> failing calculus. Do the math. You do the math and you figure out. Oh man, I need like a hundred percent and maybe some extra credit to actually get a C in this class. So I like did all that and I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? all right, maybe this vet school thing is not for me like that. So I almost gave up guys. 
it's going to come back around with bodybuilding, but I'm like, Man, maybe this isn't for me. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me uh, switch my major. I'm going to go for by, I'm going to go for psychology, just like everybody else in the school did. Let me go for psych and I'll just figure it out. Well, I then took that final exam and it was two days before Christmas, December. I don't remember what year. It was a long time, long time. Oh my God. It was a long time ago, but I took that exam and it was like open book. The professor was super cool. I remember he was Spaniard and he loved that I was Dominican. We got along, but I was failing. Like it didn't matter. Like I was going to fail, but I took this final exam and I gave it my all. And I mm. knew I got, and he put a lot of extra credit because I wasn't the only student in the same boat. And I looked at this exam and I'm like, oh my God, I, 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 I passed like, I got a hundred. I got like, I aced this and I got all the extra, cause it was like 20 extra points and extra credit. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I go to him and I show it to him. Like it's all nonverbal. It's all nonverbal. And I show it to him and he's like, he's just nodding. Yes. And I'm like, do, what do I do? Go to admin? Like, how do I fix it? Like, I, I'll get a C. He's like, go to the administration right now and talk to them. So I did. And they're like, well, you have a withdrawal because that's what I, or it was a pass fail. And I'm like, no, I need a grade. Like, I can do this. And they're like, well, you have to write a, a petition to to rescind the, the pass fail or the withdrawal or whatever the heck it was. So I sat down and I sat down there like Aliyah and I wrote a four page letter and it was two days before <laughs> Christmas. And I'm like, I just poured, I don't remember what I said. I just like poured my soul out. And I'm like, listen, like long story short of the letter was, listen, this is my vocation. This is my calling. I want to be a vet. This class is like the one thing holding me back. Please, please, please. And they did it. They did nice. it. They let me, they let me get a grade. So I'm like, Oh, calculus that's done so there was a no you know like that helped me but then it really confirmed like no 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 no. I want to do this this is this is this is my path I got distracted I lost a little faith but I'm gonna do this so then I ended up then physics came along and that was a whole other battle but, I, but we, we made it but then I applied for vet school I applied for vet school I applied for a bunch of them and guess what happened <laughs> I didn't get in none of them none of them not a single wow. one. So I'm like, well, how do I strengthen my application? Like, that's where my my brain was not like heartbroken. I was just like, all right, well, what do I got to do to strengthen it? Um, no school got back to me to tell me why I didn't get in. Not a single one. But I'm like, whatever, just blinders on. This is your mission. You're going to do this. And so that job I had in the veterinary hospitals evolved. So I ended up becoming a nurse um, or a veterinary technician, you know, it, unlicensed, but this, doing the same job functions um, in the state of New York, which is not exactly legal, but that was 20 years ago. So um, we, I applied again, second time. Guess what happened? You got in. No. <laughs> no? No, I didn't get in. I applied to the same schools. I applied to a few others. And nope, didn't get in, didn't even get an interview. So I'm like, Damn, all right, I'm going to give it, okay, it's fine, it's fine. So you have to hold, wait a whole year. I'm like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let me take the GRE again, see if I can get that, get that score better. I didn't, but it's fine. I'm just not that impressive on paper, basically. So I'm, I'm praying that whole year where I'm leading into applying the third time. And I'm like, I just, somebody just interview me. I just need an interview 
you, they just have to meet me because if they what what they see on paper, uh, not that impressive. Okay, fine. Just please, someone interview me, and then guess what happened? Please tell me you got an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I got one. I got one. I got one. So I did get an interview. I got an interview. I interviewed, um, and it was an island school. So it was my first. Keep in mind, I'm the New Yorker that's never going to leave. Well, I got into vet school in the Caribbean. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm like, all right, this is okay. The only school that let me in. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I did it. So I went and vet school was rough, but I mean, once I learned to play as hard as I worked, it was, it was cake. It was cake. Nice. Not to say it wasn't hard, but right. just the way that I could cope with it all and the pressures it became so much more manageable once I learned to play. I had to play. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just school, school, school all the time. Um, and so it was a really cool experience. Um, and I got more rejections after the fact for other things, residency, for example, internship, those types of things. But like, I made it, I got the degree. I'm the doctor, like C equals DVM y'all. Um, it's a <laughs> right. <we> <laughs> Um, I, I was a B student, but um, I, I matched to the clinical rotation I wanted. I matched to the internship I wanted. It was a residency that was a little tough, but but it didn't break me. Um, it broke me after. It broke me after. Um, but that's how I got there. So to answer your question, Yolanda, I, I believe looking back now, hindsight's twenty twenty, it was a failure. The failure was is what kept me right on my path. And I mm-hmm. appreciate every failure I've had in my career in my life actually wow nice. i mean that that just goes to show like you know you got to keep trying you need to keep pushing for what you really what you really want what you really desire you know Always. it's gonna it's gonna work out it's like those nine no's before your your what is it ten no's or nine and something then the last like that yeah sean said something <laughs> about that yeah <laughs> So you're like basically a living example of that. You got to take exactly. out your nose before you get your yes. That oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I've had so many no's. So many no's. Oh, my gosh. And 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 the the most impactful no's have have been the ones, honestly, that have kept me kept me hungry. Kept me hungry. Nice. It's like you're hungry for something and it's denied and denied and denied. And then you got to take a step back and evaluate what is it? Is it me or is it them? You know, the thing you right. want. Yeah. Most of the time it's you or, you know, in my case, it was me. I had to get better. I had to get mm-hmm. stronger. I wasn't allowed in for a reason. So mm-hmm. that's, that's how I see failure. Nice. And you know what? That kind of, I appreciate you sharing all of that because I didn't know that. And that's incredible. It's very motivating. Um, But speaking of the no's and the failures and things like that, um, let's take it to bodybuilding just a little bit. Because I know just a minute ago, you mentioned that you did get your pro card kind of quick. Most of us don't. I know for me personally, it took me four years, I think four years, 10 shows, right? But there are those people. You didn't give up. Did not. <laughs> I took all those failures, right? Yeah. But and that's going to be the case for most of us most of the time, right? Um, until you know we bide our time and we keep pushing and keep getting better and so on and so forth. So, um, tell us a little bit about your bodybuilding career and how you jumped from being a vet to 
being a bodybuilder to being an Olympian bodybuilder. How'd that go for you? Well, that was a struggle. No, (laughs) well, I mean, it kind of yes and no. I mean, it's the good, the bad and the ugly. We're going to talk about it all. So um, bodybuilding. So I ran into bodybuilding. I just kind of stumbled upon it when I was doing my residency and um for vets by the way like we can graduate straight out of vet school take our board exams get get licensed in whatever state and we're good to go like we we're prepared we don't have to do all the extra training but hi overachiever here um decided i wanted to do the internship oh i want to match i want to do one of the most competitive residencies like literally there are four spots available in the country oh i want to do that too and i god willing took me there there right or 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 through God's grace, got me through all of that. Um, My residency, I lived in Denver, Colorado during that time period. Oh, it's going to come out. So I went through a divorce during that time period. I went through sexual harassment from my mentor, which that corporation did nothing about. So I, I went through some things during that time period. And I also knew the the terms of the residency program that i i i mean it was the only one that picked me so i'm like i'm signing the dotted line without really being attentive to what it was going to mean um it was a contractual obligation so i they sponsored the training period that which in my case was two years and then um i owed the corporation three years of my life where i could i just i was theirs i was owned basically because they make it very challenging from the contractual standpoint to break those contracts. So I psychologically was stuck and I kept myself there because I listened and I was manipulated and I was utilized. Now, doesn't take away the fact that I did so much good with my patients and I helped so many dogs and so many cats and I wouldn't trade that experience for the world of good that I was able to give my patients and their pet parents or their guardians or owners, many different names. Um, But the behind the scenes experience was horrible. And I was overworked. I mean, my mentor told me like, hey, you're here to make me money. If you pass your board exams, cool, that's great. But I want you to make me money. And we're going to make this practice a million dollar practice. And, you know, again, if you pass, great. If you don't, well, so like that's that's where I was and going through the divorce, being in a, in a relationship that was not the right type of relationship for me. I'm going to keep it there. Um, but, um, when you end up and I'm in my case, I ended up with someone who loved me very much, but didn't want to let me go and live life. So like this version of me, this Jessica Wilson or this Jessica, I don't ever refer to myself in third person, but I'll share, you know, that little girl, that little girl right there. And that's my mom. So that little girl with those big dreams, he wasn't going to let those live other than the vet school thing. Cause like, that's the, I'm going to be making money. I'm going to be, you know, that for, for, for the relationship. So, so I'll leave it there. Not a bad person, just someone that just wasn't the right fit for who I knew I was supposed to be. So I had a moment where I'm like, nope, I got to change this. This isn't for me. I have to get out of this marriage. I have to get out of here. I cannot do this anymore. 
I cannot be that bird kept in the cage. I was overprotected all my life. Um, and that was the kind of relationship that, that, that marriage was, it was just complete lockdown. Like I couldn't have friends. If I had friends that were males, that was the end of the world. So I went through a lot of change and this is actually the first time I'm sharing details of this. Um, so that's a huge life change. And then on top of that, my mentor is like putting the moves on me. Cause he knows I'm single now. I knew I was moving to California because again, contractual obligation. So I'm like, Oh my God, I am all by myself. I am starting this whole new gig. I've never run a practice. I'm the only dentist in this practice who's going to help me. And then I remembered this was shared with me. Like, you know, more about your craft than anyone else in that building. So own it, own it, own it. You'll have backup. You'll have criticalists there. If you need them for anesthesia, you'll have surgeons there. If you need a second opinion and on something, but that mouth of those dogs and cats, you are it. So I remember going into it and I was always pretty confident about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm damn good at what I do. I help my patients. I've never lost one under anesthesia, knock on wood. Um, and I'm going to do a lot of good. So I've got this, but I got to focus. And so I went into that work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, work, 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 work. I'm like singing a Rihanna song work. That was my life. And a friend of mine's like, Hey, get some Insta get, get Instagram. And I'm like, Inst I don't know what that is. Like, what is this? And this is like 2011, 2012, 13. Um, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't have time. Like I got, I got, I, I, this, I got to do this grown up stuff. Like I don't have time for this. What's a hashtag. <laughs> um, but I did get an Instagram account and this was again, 2013 and I'm scrolling through and I'm like, what are these women in these glittery bikinis and stripper shoes? Wait a minute. Bodybuilding. What is this? What? I'm like, wait, they're not strippers. This is, this is. <laughs> wait a minute. Like I'm looking and I'm looking at like Paige Hathaway, who's got used to compete in the MPC. Um, so women like that, where I'm like, wait a minute, th th this is rep. This is like respectful. Like, wait, a I want to do this. Planted the seed got planted. Y'all the seed oh. got planted. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. So then I put it away and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> I don't know what it looks like, but I'm doing it. And then I moved to California started my um knew i needed to go to a gym I, ne I needed to find a gym um and ended up going to a fight gym because i didn't want to go to like the big box gyms the 24 is not my jam i ended up finding a fight gym and i met my husband there and i met all of like that's where all the connections were made where i ended up with a coach we're still good friends to this day he got me to that first show which is actually the san diego championships which is coming up on the 25th and that was my first show nine years ago um and it's been a wild ride ever since but that's how i stumbled onto bodybuilding it was i needed something from so not only is it like oh wait this looks i can do this just from finding it on instagram Instagram, I had to find something after all that trauma I had been going through that I didn't get resolved until a whole lot later. But all of the things that I went through, those major shifts, those major life change, I did develop health problems um, from that. And I needed to, my therapist is like, what do you do for you? And I had no answer. I had not a single answer, nothing to say. I'm like, everything I answered had to do with me caring for others or doing something it had to do with everybody else and 
I had nothing that I did for myself, not a single thing. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start going to the gym. Cause I've always been skinny little thing. I'm like, I'm going to get strong. That's what I'm going to do. And then bodybuilding came along and then boom, like, here we are. I don't remember what the rest of the question was. That was a long story. No, it was great, <laughs> That's how bodybuilding <laughs> came about was, ah, vet meds driving me crazy. I need something for me. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's how it happened. Nine years yeah. ago. You literally stumbled. <laughs> right. Literally. Oh, <laughs> literally. But, but the cool thing is in finding a sport, I had a lot of, that's when the imposter syndrome started because I was not, I never had that. I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't, and it, it it was, it was not so much the imposter syndrome that was part of it. And again, hindsight's 2020, I see the patterns now, but it was more of the, oh my God, I'm afraid of what people are going to think. It was the, the, you know, seeing others opinions that you're imagining as reality. Like I'm imagining what people are going to say. They haven't even said anything. I'm imagining that I'm going to get rejected by the veterinary community, that the corporate company I worked for at that time was going to like, oh my God, Dr. Will, I wasn't, well, I wasn't Wilson yet. Yeah, I was Wilson. You know, oh, Dr. Wilson's lost it. We're going to have to let her go. Like she's, it's, 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 um, you know, adult content. That's because let's fit y'all, we're in a song, like on stage. There's nothing right. modest about what we do. Right. The bikinis <laughs> have been the same size in the past nine years. Like they haven't gotten any bigger, right? And they're not going to be, but, but. I had all of these fears in my mind of, I have the show coming up. Oh my gosh. Like I can't, like my account was, all my accounts were private. Um, and I'm like, oh my God. And people are watching me come in with my gallon water and my six pack bag and all my meals thinking I'm effing weird. Like that is, that, that is what I faced is no one that worked in that hospital setting understood or even wanted to understand what I was doing and why I was doing it they thought it was cool and they're like oh yeah she's the new girl like she's the new doctor she's a little different like just let her be um and then I did the first show and like the pictures are on the internet you can't you can't Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. Google yourselves. It's interesting. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> it's out there. And you know, they loved it. They loved it. My employers didn't care. They thought it was great. You know what happened though? Two veterinarians called to complain. They called that company. They did it again in my in another company I worked with to to hate on me basically and call me unprofessional and you know trash me. And I'm just like, and I remember in one, the first one, they didn't, I I didn't care who it was either, but I knew it was a gentleman. It was an older, it was an older dude. And I don't know who he was, but that's all I was told. And I'm like, man, generational. All Uh right. For sure. Generational differences there. And man, how much does it suck that he can't see the good in this like right. i mean at least enjoy the show because it's something to look at you know what i mean like we're yeah. something to look at but man for him to go out of his way that's pretty cool like i was like i was flattered i'm like he went out of his way to make a call to complain about me i'm like okay we're on to something i'm gonna change this vet community i'm gonna change this veterinary world so they see people like me in a different light and then i realize mm. i'm like I'm going to go pro. I'm going to be the first veterinarian to go pro. I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but man, that was mantra. I'm like, Jessica yeah. Wilson, IFBB bikini pro. I'm like doing my car. This is me doing cardio. I'm like, <laughs> bikini, pro, bikini pro. Like I'm every day. I'm just like repeating yeah, this. And then I went amazing. to junior Nats 
and then I didn't make it. I got ignored. I almost gave up. And then and then we made it eventually. But yeah, that that's uh I don't remember again what the original question was, but I'm just storytelling. <laughs> so just keep asking. No, it's all good. You're answering the questions, actually. Perfect. <laughs> I think so that's amazing though. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. So as a pro, I think I saw that you went to Japan in 2019. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Oh my gosh. Rockstar. Oh, rockstar. Rockstar. I have heard that, that. was mm-hmm. it, it was such an incredible experience. And it was one of these experiences where it was not that it was on a whim decision, clearly, because you have to prepare. Um, but it was one of those things where my coach, Kimoto, um, you know, we always discuss what the game plan is going to be for the season. Um, sometimes though, we just kind of wing it and that's worked in my favor a couple times. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's like, Hey, muscle contest was starting to promote the show because it was the first show in Japan. It was the inaugural inaugural mm-hmm. things um and so he told me obviously with the tie to muscle contest because hey they're right they're our backyard right we're very closely connected um he does own 10 masters so he works obviously one-on-one with the muscle contest so it was like all right how many bikini girls can we get like let's make this a big thing so uh, there were a lot of us um from body bio and then a lot of bikini pros it was pretty big show it was a really big show and we just decided all right let's do it and my husband and I am like I don't know how we're gonna afford this but let's figure it out it's all tax write-off right so (laughs) so I went on an app called hopper not sponsored but it'd be nice um and I was able to find a round trip ticket for 450 to Japan direct from LAX. So I'm like, we're booking it. Let's go. And it was during the holidays. And that show was February. So we booked in like November. It was around Thanksgiving, I remember. Um, now here's the interesting thing about that show. I was injured. <laughs> what? I was injured probably about six weeks prior. Um, let me think. No, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but I tore my hip flexor. I tore my hip flexor in December prior to that so it was kind of in the beginning of the prep so I was prepping while rehabbing like I was not ambulatory like I could not put weight on that leg period so it was it was like I don't how am I I booked it I booked it I'm going I don't know how you better work and so I like went to PT I did PRP you know anything and everything that we could do um to get me functional I did Mm -hmm. and Luckily with posing, we all know we can hide imbalances very well. Um, luckily, no one knew. <laughs> and and it didn't affect the physique overall. Big picture, the shape was always there. I didn't win. I don't even remember what I ranked. I, I It's irrelevant. It was the time of my life. But um, yeah, I was injured. So I didn't even know if I was going to make that show. I really didn't think I was. But whether I made it on the stage or not, I was still going to go to Japan. So, so that's the thing. It's like, you know what, this is a destination. I'm still going to go whether I'm on stage or not, I'm going. And it just worked out that I was recovered enough. <laughs> I was recovered enough. And that was also the year where I first did the twirly twirl during my routine. Um, so, ah, uh, it was fun. It was fun. And in Japan, um, we were truly treated like rock stars. Um, hair and makeup was like, you don't just have one person working on you. I think I had three people all at once, three people, like each of us had like three people working on us. 
I mean, it was wild. The fans were insane. It was a really positive experience. So, and then it's Japan, the food. Oh, guys, the food. Oh, man. I'd fail going to any kind of reverse of meeting. I was about to say, it sounds like we need to go to Japan, y'all. Go to Japan. Go to Japan. Hey, let's plan it for next year because they're going to do the show. We'll plan it for next year. Right. I'm gonna put it on my calendar. Wait a minute! <laughs> it's a pro bikini show, girl. Hey, hey. hey. let's be like, looking for tickets, y'all. Let's November. do it. Let's do it. But um, yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was it was an extraordinary experience. Absolutely, yes, That's I would do so it again awesome. if I could do it. If I could have done it for this year, I would have. But mm-hmm. maybe next year. So. Yeah, because yeah. you just came off the Olympus. Technically, you just kind of <laughs> came off the Olympia stage. It's been like, Kinda. what, two, three months? Three. It's been 12. You know what? It's been a full prep. It's been 12 weeks. Yeah. Wow. It's been 12. Yeah. Wow. That's Do you fun. feel like you could have even given anything else after Olympia to that? If you if you really wanted to go there. No, not this year. That's fair. <laughs> Not this year, not this year. Um, and actually, I will, I will amend that statement. Not, a, not in the mindset that I was in. Fair. Not in the mindset that I was in. I think I could have pulled it off under other circumstances where I could have just continued and kept going. Because my body, and it's funny because I talked to, I saw Kim yesterday. Um, it was his birthday, so I actually drove down to headquarters and surprised him. And you know, he, he, he knows my body very well now. It took us a little bit, even though we went pro pretty quickly, I think it was four shows with Kim and I went pro. Um, it still took us a few years to figure out like the the secret formula to what makes my body look its best when I'm in my prime. Um, and the interesting thing about me, and a lot of people have noticed it, I know Sean has mentioned it, you know, probably on the lives. Um, it takes my body a few shows to get it right. And, it, and that's okay. Like, I don't feel bad about it. Every time I'm on stage, I'm on cloud nine. Like, I don't care where I place. Um, I just love being on stage so much. So, but yes, it does take my body a few shows to like get it together, if that makes sense. So, um, and that, and that's what Kim mentioned. So yeah, post Olympia, I could have kept going, but I had too much going on in real life where it just was not a wise choice to keep going for my mental health and for my physical health as well. Um, just to put it plain me plainly, um, cause I'm going through some things, but yeah, this year was a no, this year was a no. We needed that break. Breaks are good guys. Yes. Fair enough. That's awesome. Um, you got another one, Steph? So to keep I have a few. Line with the, uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> To Go keep ahead. it in line with the Olympia, um, yes. I know they do a segment where you do meet the Olympians. How did you feel your first time there, like actually having people like come up to you and chat with you and, you know, just be there in your <laughs> presence? So that, so the very first time, which was 2021, meet the Olympians, that was that I was like, it was a start that whole weekend in Orlando. It was just a starstruck effect i was just ooing and aahing all weekend every single experience i was just soaking everything in 
um, no one came to visit me really a few people that I knew right because we have our tables set up and you know we could have photos or whatever we want to to share with fans um, and that was your one so I'm like all right this was cool like I I know like I'm not I'm not a Laura Lee I'm not a Jen Dory you know I don't have the the that reach just yet right so I'm like all right cool so 2022 comes around and I'm like all right I don't think anybody's gonna come by because you know like I'm not I'm not I'm not one of them right it is what I thought to myself and so but I still did the thing I'm like I'm still gonna get my photos and I'm still gonna print it and I'm going to behave in the manner of like I'm an Olympian people are gonna people are coming here to meet me me and everybody else but they're coming here to meet me so get it together in your head you belong people want to see you get just get out of your head so I went and the first two women that came in the VIP hour, because of course, when folks buy their tickets, you can do VIP where you get early access. It's not as crowded. Two cuties were the first ones to come to the table. Two cuties. And I was shooketh when they came by to literally beeline, not because Ashley K was right over here. Daraja was right over here. They came to me and I was just like, <gasps> And yeah. then the water works and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then you guys came because you guys came later. You guys came much, much, much later um, with Jamaica and like Sean. Like, so people just started rolling in, like intentionally, specifically there to see me. And I'm just like, me? okay, okay, come on down. So it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was just as beautiful as the first time. It, it was just beautiful from start to finish. Um, and of course, I'm a talker. So I didn't leave until like way after everybody was gone. Like the lights were on. They were breaking the stage down because um, a veterinarian came um, to see me. And that was very special, very impactful. She came right at the very end. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, that that Meet the Olympians is so special. So, so, so special because it really helps us, it, you know, it helps people lay hands on us. Like we're real. We're not just the statuesque um, photographic representations. You know, we're not just trophies. We're not just these pictures. It just makes it very real. So I loved it. I loved it. And I can't wait for this year's. So that is so incredible, especially that they were two cuties. Cause I think I want to say that's how I found you. I think Sean was talking about, I think if I wasn't already following yeah. you, cause I don't remember, I know I've been following you for a minute though. Um, so I think that that's incredible. Um, I have a couple of questions, but I'm not yeah. going to ask all of them. Oh two, things I, <laughs> two things I want to touch on, though. Yes. One of them, I can go down a rabbit hole, but I will not for the sake of time. <laughs> but I do want to highlight something that you said that I am very adamant and I'm very much an advocate for is that envisioning, that manifesting, that speaking life. And that has been, uh, I feel like, a repetitive theme since you since we started this pod, right? Because you said when you were little, you already knew what you wanted to be and you were going to be it. You knew you wanted to be on the stage. Um, fast forwarding to getting into bodybuilding, you said, I'm on the treadmill or the elliptical. I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to be a pro. 
right? And that is something that I speak on all the time is like your language and your beliefs and all of the things are very impactful in terms of how your reality is going to be shaped. And you are literally giving us this living example of that taking place, right? So I just want to highlight that I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I do <laughs> want to ask, since you did say <laughs> you want to, I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole. But in the interest of time. <laughs> hey, we, I can talk on that all day, but um, we'll touch on it a little bit with this question. Uh -huh. So you said when you were little, you knew you wanted to be on the stage, right? And then you get into this bodybuilding world and you're on a stage, right? So at what point do you think, did you kind of think back to those moments when you were younger, when you were saying, I'm going to be on a stage and realize like, I made this happen. Like this is happening. I said it was going to happen. And here I am living this. Just recently. Really? Like, like I, 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 from the conceptual, like from the, from the memory standpoint, yeah, you're a few years ago, like, like back 2015, when like the dream came true, like, hey, I made it. I'm a pro. Okay, cool. Oh, wait a minute. I'm on a stage. Like, I remember like thinking back, however, the impact of, of how powerful that was didn't hit me until recently. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like recently, like the past few months recently. That's how, that's how long it took my brain to like process the, the reality of it. So, so it, yeah, it's, it's, I had been going, 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 going for so long. I never really stopped to zoom out mm -hmm. and look at it. So yeah, just recently. I was going to say that makes complete sense though. Having given listening to you speak at CCTS in 2022. And I know, well, I, listen via yeah. <laughs> <laughs> via live stream yes. this um this year just understanding you know so many variations of things that you've gone through and things that you've shared I, I can understand how it's now resonating and sitting with you now like I'm really living my dream I made all of this possible this is coming true you know, true. I, I'm trying not to let my my tease my community <laughs> come out. <laughs> hey, this is the real, real, real. This is the real, real. Be real. Yes. Yeah, but you know, I'll switch really it up to Spanish. Thing. We'll get real Caribbean. Listen, <laughs> go. You know we're on it. <laughs> do what you need to do. Oh, the helmet almost <laughs> fell off. Oh boy, here we go. Oh no, we're good. <laughs> but but listening to that, I mean, I I could definitely feel that and understand that how that has just came to pass and it's like really visible to yourself like this is happening and that's amazing congratulations accomplishment yeah i didn't want to cut you off yeah i think you have another one yeah, no you're good coming. did you have a question okay um, i'm inquisitive yeah, i'll ask all day yes <laughs> But getting back into the to the, you know, real, real, just a little bit, um, you know, you mentioned meeting your husband, you know, and I want to know how that transition was <laughs> for you and how it played such a impact in your bodybuilding life. Because you said that um, 
you know, a lot of connections happened within that time. So if you want to share a little yeah, bit about that and give him his praise. <laughs> definitely. Christopher right? James Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Hey. I'm everywhere. It's an inside joke with him. Um, so, <laughs> so, so stepping into that. So, so the way that I went in to that gym and, and found him there. I mean, I wasn't looking for him, um, but there he was. That's when you find them. When you stop looking guys, you find your partners when you stop looking and you work on you. Let them know. That's, that's when you find them. Fact. I can we also all know. That. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, so just, just stop looking. They'll come mm-hmm. to you. Right. But um, so I, it, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't, you know, the big box gyms, it's just not my, it's just not my gym. I'll utilize them. I'm, thankful that they are there. They serve their purpose. There's clearly a need for them, but I was looking for something more one-on-one, you know, something smaller, private. I'm all about supporting local businesses. So I end up driving, there's this big street um, where, where I used to live. And I remember looking at these posters of women that were in like, it was kickboxing. So, so, but it was a woman. So I felt more comfortable immediately. Um, Cause I'm like, I, I live a little too far traffic wise from Venice to, to like go to golds. Cause I knew that was the Mecca, but I'm like, I just, I just, let me just, uh, all right. Something's calling me to go into this place. And it was a fight shop where they have like all the equipment, all the MMA stuff. So I go in and I, and there were women there. So I'm like, cool. I feel more comfortable already. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, so I'm new here. I just moved and I know this is a fight shop, but I'm looking for something very particular. I want to go into bodybuilding and I don't want to go to the 24 or the other gyms. So like, is there a local place that you would recommend that has weight equipment and all that jazz? And they're like, Hey, go to this gym. Um, it's called HBUTC. And you know, this is what she said. Like I verbatim, I will never forget it. She's like, go there. You might find what you're looking for. Mm. left it and just left it there and I'm like okay so that was a Sunday the following day after work I went in it was around four or five o'clock and um or maybe it was the other way around no that same Sunday I went in they were closing and a, a dear friend of mine who were now dear friends um he was there closing up and he's like hey yeah you know what come in tomorrow um there's a kickboxing class like I wasn't looking for kickboxing but I was looking for bodybuilding um there's a kickboxing class um it's coach Wilson it's at 5 15 and I'm like Wilson I don't know why my brain immediate was like "Ooh, coach Wilson who's coach Wilson like ooh." What? <laughs> So I'm like, do they have a website? Because I'm like, I want to know who my instructor is, right? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. inquisitive. <laughs> so I start, what, come on, what do girls do? We start Googling, like, you know, you need like one ounce of information and you're going to find everything. <laughs> we know, we own it. So I'm like, I couldn't find anything. Like, I'm like, all right, they don't have a way, oh, whatever. All right, so I just show up. So I show up and I see this man and I'm like, oh, oh. And I'm kickboxing now. <laughs> you found more than yeah. you was looking for. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, now this, all of this happened in my head. Obviously, it was, I was cool. I was cool as a cucumber. But I show up, but in my mind, I'm like, ooh, that's him. You're going to be mine. Like, you're going to be, remember what I said? When I know I want something, I get it. So, <laughs> so I'm oh like, my God. Mine, like you just don't know it yet, but you mind. And but hey, coach, oh yeah, I'm Jessica. Okay, good to meet you all. all right. 
so, so the the thing the thing so I had just had my breast augmentation done before like ladies I just like after that residency I just went I wild out I was just like I'm doing everything and anything I want to do like I don't even care it was the first time I was making big doctor money and I'm like I'm doing all this but um so I since I had that done I was still you know I had been recovered but I wasn't recovered enough to do upper body things yet mm -hmm. and so I had to explain that to him <laughs> So what a way to break the ice, right? Like, right. hi, great to meet you. I'm new here. By the way, ooh, kickboxing? Yeah, we're hitting the bag. So I just got my boobs done a few months ago. So can you modify <laughs> exercise? Like, this is straight up, like, what I, yeah. So um, so that's how we kind of hit it off. <laughs> and that's I took Oh, yeah. But I, I was just like, oh, kick I'd never done kickboxing. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, it's actually a lot of fun. Like, I can do this. Um, but my wrists, so my hands are my money makers, right? So mm -hmm. I, I can't do surgery if I have any sort of hand issues or wrist mm -hmm. issues. So I kind of thought like, all right, this is something fun, but this is not, I'm not doing this forever. Mm -hmm. Like I've got to protect these hands. Um, so I, I, I still kept going to the classes. That was my cardio, but, um, he, well, I guess one tangent, he and I hit it off and then the rest is history. And then, but, but a lot of a lot of this, a lot mm -hmm. of this, because when he and I met, it was that, hey, I have that intention of going on prep. I didn't know the word prep. I didn't know what it all meant. I'm just like, I have this intention to pursue a bodybuilding thing. I didn't know it was going to be a career. Um, so when he met me, I met that coach, that first coach, Eric Mara, um, at the kind of all at the same time. It was just all this network of people that just, it was wild. Um, so he and I, start, my, Chris and I start dating and I start prepping and that's been it. Our entire relationship. I've just been on prep the whole damn time, the whole time, <laughs> that poor man. man. And he can cook y'all. Oh, he can cook. So, so it's, it's been, it, as far as relationship goes, um, I mean, we've been through thick and thin. We, you know, we, we got, we, oh boy, we started dating. We, we got some drama out of the way right in the beginning. Thank God that was done and over with. Mm -hmm. And then we figured it out and we, and we knew, all right, we want to be together. Like, this is what we want. We're going to make it work. And um, he's an MMA instructor, Muay Thai instructor, kickboxing instructor, personal trainer. Nice. Um, and so that's been, he's the, like the functional athlete and functional athlete creator. And I'm the aesthetic side. Um, but we've, we've been through a lot and the sport has been a lot of the reason. <laughs> Listen, we might have um, to have you on for a part two just to talk about bodybuilding two. and relationships. relationships. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes. I feel like we can do that. But but okay. essentially, yes, I have been very fortunate in finding my husband, my partner, Chris, um, that has been supportive. Has it been easy? No. No. <laughs> Not at all. Um but there comes a point, and, and I don't know if this happens in every relationship. I really pray and hope it does. Um, there is a point where the vision that the one partner has becomes so strong and so overwhelming and, mm. and, and overwhelming in the sense that it needs to be fulfilled. 
you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it needs fulfilling because it's, it's, it's already done. Remember? Like, yeah, it's, it's a vision you decided it's already done. He has his visions as well. And, and pretty quickly here, it's, it's his turn to, to go. Um, Cause I've, I, he has taken that back seat to be my supporter um, and I have supported him in his endeavors and, and we're now at a point, both of us and each of us in our careers where we're, we're stepping out into the unknown. And so I am so excited to support him and his vision and his future and what he wants to accomplish career wise, just like he's always done with me. Um, yeah. the cool thing is we're going to be doing this together. So, nice. so it's, it's partnership for us. It, bodybuilding has just it's just been so good it's been so good it's been so testing and so trying um but as he has also seen my success it's like he's stepped into his success as well so that's Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about partnership right your partner you know you follow each other's lead and and that's what we have that's how our relationship has been we're following each other's lead so it's pretty cool that's, that's really beautiful, yeah. And a huge yeah. transition as well, you know, from someone kind of holding you back a bit, not letting you fly to yeah. let's go and we're doing it together. Yeah. Right. That's, that's amazing. I'm so happy you shared that. Yeah, definitely. That's a 100%. huge, huge, huge turnaround. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. It is. It is. I hadn't, you know, until you put that, I, I had not, again, it's like you forget to zoom out and step outside mm-hmm. that box. And yeah. I had never, the way that you explained, expressed that was so beautiful. I'd never thought of it that way. The contrast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What I came from to now what I have, um, which is what I always longed for, was to have that right. support. Because mm-hmm. um, we all have dreams. We all have dreams. Yeah. And, right. and if your partner doesn't support your dream or you feel like you you can't live the dream. Maybe it's a dream you haven't told anybody. Mm. Right. It's it, it. That's how dreams die. And I don't want any mm. dreams to die. So that's mm. real. That's, that's real. real. <laughs> <laughs> that is real. That is real. Yes. Yeah. So yes. speaking so- of real, raw, mm-hmm. real. Um. I don't want to put you on the spot. Um. So say as much as you're comfortable. Right. So with getting real and raw about bodybuilding and work-life balance, Mm -hmm. I know at CCTS you mentioned that you were having some challenges and you were really, you were realizing that you were overextended. Um, When did you, how did you come to that realization and how did you start to work through that? And I'm asking because it's, it's coming to pass now for me post CCTS and like the last couple of weeks, I'm like, man, I'm just completely overextended. There's not enough time in the day. I, my brain is just starting to not even function at minimum capacity and I got to do something, you know, I, I have to change this because I can't just swirl the drain. So how did you come to the realization that, you know, you were struggling? How did that impact your bodybuilding career and how did that impact your own career? Ooh, (laughs) I don't know if you can see me taking these deep breaths here. Um, Breath work has helped tremendously and lots of therapy, lots of therapy. Um, Yes. So, okay. So I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Um, But there are some topics that are a little bit delicate still. So, um, the 
bird's eye view of what went on last year and had been going on for a number of years. I had been overextending myself for a number of years. I just didn't realize it. And I didn't realize it again until recently, the past few months or right around cuties. Um, when I gave, you know, I bared heart and soul um, to you all because it's what you deserve. Um, and, and, and it's like cautionary tale, right? Um, so I have always been so very proud of myself for doing it all right? Like, like I can have a full-time career as a veterinarian, a, a specialist on top of that, not just a, I don't want to say just, but not a general practice vet, but like specialty, like you go above and beyond, like it's complicated cases, it's high risk cases, like, okay, so that's one thing I do. And I'm going to do bodybuilding as a hobby. And let's face it, this is not a hobby. This is a full-time job. You like, it, it really is depending on what you want to do with it. So I, I have Facts. to add that, right? Facts. Depending on what you want to do with it, it can be a hobby, but it's probably going to be a full-time job. If you're like anyone that's like any of us that are sitting here in this room, in this Zoom room right now, right? <laughs> so um, I look at my career as a reflection, my bodybuilding career rather, as a reflection of that overextension. So if you look at my photos, like if you go to NPC News Online, because you can look up any competitor, right? Um, if I look at my photos from my the entire past nine years that I have been competing, you can really clearly see when my body was like, yeah, it's not going, it's not going, it's not going. Yeah, you're a pro, but uh, it's not going, it's not going. Oh, she got better. She got better. Ooh, nope, nope, nope. It's not, go it's gone. Like, ooh, restart. Like, you can see that progression and the t deterioration of the physique. Um, I see it. And, and with the train eye, I'm sure you guys can see it as well. So I was always overworking. I was always chronically stressed. Not because of my veterinary day how do I put it not because of what I did as a veterinarian it's because of my work environments I'm just gonna say it um and also I now understand and have taken accountability for my lack of boundaries and my overextension mm -hmm. because it takes two every relationship whether it's a work relationship or whether it's a, a romantic relationship or a friend relationship or a, whatever relationship there's always two sides and there's always give and take, right? So yes, the companies, your jobs, they will take every opportunity possible to utilize you in the maximum capacity, right? Whatever that looks like, it's different for all of us. Yep. It's up to the individual to take accountability and place the boundaries. I thought I did. I didn't. I never knew what boundaries were. Um I am a healer. I am a giver. I am a nurturer. I am a provider in that sense. So it just comes naturally to me to overextend. I want to help and sign up for everything and participate in all of it. And like, it's not FOMO. It's just like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So I was a <laughs> yes man forever, ever, 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 ever. Um, okay. And I also knew I was very uncomfortable in my environment, but this is another tangent. Okay. This is going to be another tangent. Um, I was always, I always had this feeling that working in a corporate setting wasn't for me and working in that kind of environment wasn't for me. I don't like being told what to do. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to do things my way because I know they work. Not that I'm inflexible by any means. It's not that I'm not a team player by any means. I love collaborating, but I have a method to my madness. And if you just right. let me be, it will succeed. So just let me be um, and pay me. That's <laughs> this is real. Top pay me what <laughs> I know I am worth. You have to pay me. And when I'm here finding out, oh, we have a guest. When I'm here finding out how severely underpaid I am for the amount of work that I am providing or the amount of time of myself that I'm providing, well, that just didn't sit. And then when I later found out that the company I worked for at the time, um, and this is during the beginnings of my pro career where I just was the skinny little thing, always last call out. Oh, but she's so pretty and she's got stage presence, but she's the last call out, right? So that was that time period. I worked for a company that was a big, like big company and it was purchased by Mars, the candy company. And immediately, yes, animal hospitals are owned by those companies. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And so ethically, it didn't fit. I'm like, how is this happening? Like, I remember I woke up from a dead sleep. Like I, I, I like had a premonition. I came in a dream. Oh, that's another side of me that I can share. (laughs) But, um, I knew when I found the news, like, oh yes, the company has been purchased, acquired by Mars, the candy company. And I'm just like, nope, I can't do this. They make people sick. I cannot align with this. It does not work. I cannot stay here it took me 10 months to make the decision to leave but I had to lose my marbles in that time period and get abused basically by not just the corporation um but by clients um pet parents I I just I snapped and I couldn't do it and I literally was like (laughs) what's the minimum amount of time I can give notice oh well customarily um you know two weeks to a month and I was like cool I'm giving my notice Bye. I have nothing on the, and I had them just wipe everything from my books, rechecks only, because I'm not going to, you know, perform a surgery and then not be available for the follow-up. So I'm like, cool. Hey, y'all, I put in my notice. I'm piecing out of this bitch. So cancel it all. (laughs) Just my rechecks. Please notify X, Y, and Z client, because they're my favorite that I'm going to be going. And that, and like, I was done. I was so done. So I made that leap. I quit my job. I didn't have a job lined up, but, um, I quit and um, then I started looking better. (laughs) I actually um, ended up doing end of life care. So I was doing house calls, but the schedule, it was just, it was a bit more relaxed, although it could get intense, but I was able to like, all right, if I didn't have an appointment, I mean, I was on call all the time, but like, if I didn't have an appointment, I could go take a nap. Like I can go squeeze my training in. I can do my athletic life in a much more relaxed way. Guess what happened? I put on some muscle mass. So that was when I made that change. Um, let me think was 2017 or 18 when I cut my hair. So if you saw, if you saw photos of me with super short hair on stage and I was thick, I mean, I wasn't, I was, I was thick, like, like Tamer and Tarek were like, you looked great from the front. And then you turned around. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you wanted me heavy. So I got, I gave you what you asked. So yeah, I was a little too thick. I had too much junk in the trunk in the back. Um, but but th- that right there, like when I look at those photos and I'm like that red bikini with the short hair and I look fuller, I look bigger, I look healthier. That was when I 
worked the job that gave me time where I could <laughs> be an athlete and, and take the sport a little more seriously. Um, but then that was also like, Hey, gotta, gotta figure, fine tune that. So I, I did very well. And then, and then I got what I thought was my dream job. Um, and that was about four years ago and body again, looking good, looking good, looking good. And then not so much. And then, um, 2021 mm -hmm. was the year of risk taking, and that's mm -hmm. when things skyrocketed. Um, and then made it to the Olympia, all of that 2022, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I was a robot all year last year. I was just going through the motions all year, even leading up to the Olympia. Like I had no, there was no, there was just no, I was empty. I was a shell. So that's crazy. I can, I can put on a show. I right. can put on a show. Like I know what I know. I'm a performer and the nature of, um, uh, my, my last role um, as a veterinarian, uh, my most recent role, rather my role, the majority of my role was to perform, was to educate. So I know how to put it on. However, the body shows it, the body shows mm -hmm. it all. And when I look at 2022, I had a very successful year, very successful year started out. I believe it was Patriots seventh place, then did a show in Austin, um, the Republic of Texas came in second place. So it was like, this is what my body needs a few shows to like get it together. Um, and I remember uh, when we decided to go into Chicago, because I, I got my Olympia qualification in 22 with the Chicago Pro. That was huge because that was not planned. Um, just like my whole 2021 season was not planned. Um, and I did all the big shows. So after the Chicago Pro, so that was like, wow, that's the best I looked all year. And and to this day, I think it was a better look than Olympia. Although, well, I have my opinions about my looks, but um, after that show um, in July, because that was July, I don't remember, July something, that was Chicago Pro. I kind of disappeared a little bit, kind of disengaged with social. I just, I just, I didn't have the bandwidth. I had so many work commitments and so much travel that I just could not keep up. Um, and it was a doctor's appointment that um, started waking me up to the reality of, I am overextended, my health is suffering. My health is suffering immensely, so much so my physician wanted me to leave my job. Um, so I'll share yeah. that. Um, and so going into Olympia um, was tough, really, really, really tough. Um, I felt nothing. <laughs> I know y'all haven't asked how I felt about Olympia. I felt nothing up until Olympia or the week prior when I did, um, or a couple weeks prior when I had done, uh, oh, battle I, of had, Texas. I had done Battle of Texas when I saw y'all there. Uh, yeah. Well, not all of you, but I saw you there. Um, but even before, so I had, I had flown out to Pittsburgh to do um, Road to Olympia with JM. And that's when I started kind of realizing, oh, 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 this. Oh, oh, yeah, get excited, get excited. But like you see the the tone, and I'm like, yeah, get excited. Like I'm trying to convince myself, be excited, be excited, be excited, be excited. Um, but I didn't really feel it until Texas. I didn't feel anything until Texas. Um, but I knew I just had to do my job every single day, one day at a time. Make sure you do your job today. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, so just do a hundred percent today. And that's how I got through. That's how I did it.
And then Olympia came around and what a lot of folks don't know, I didn't do very much during Olympia. I did the athlete meet and greet and then I went to my room and then I did the prejudging and I went to my room (laughs) when I was done and I didn't do very much. Um, I was very sick. (laughs) I was very sick. Um, So when you guys saw me um, and it wasn't what everybody else had. It wasn't because I know a lot of people got sick uh, during Mm -hmm. that Olympia weekend. Um, And so I was very sick with a sinus thing. Like it was just, I needed to just conserve as much energy. I was exhausted. And the moment, so to your question about when did you realize you were being overextended? Like when did it really hit me? On stage during prejudging. Wow. And it was this moment when I knew I, I, so they did that first call out and they called out nine and I'm like I was relieved (laughs) I was relieved because I knew I wasn't going to be the 10th I knew so I'm like I don't and I had I like my smile got even bigger because I was just like (laughs) I don't have to go to finals I can take a shower I'm gonna go have dinner with coach hopefully that'll happen and Literally, that's all that happened. Like, that's what happened that afternoon. So I got off stage, saw a bunch of people that 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 knew, that I knew, um, and I went to my room, and it was heaven. And that was the moment when I really, really comprehended, I'm tired. I've been doing too much. Like, I, I'm done. Like, I, I got I to gotta step, step away from something. So that's the moment. Olympia stage. Olympia stage was when it really hit me that I was overextended. Um, the gravity of 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 how overextended I've shared with you guys at Cuties. So we'll keep that to ourselves. Sorry. Sorry, world. Yeah. I'm not going to share that. What happens but, at Cuties stays. What happens cuties. at Cuties. But yeah, something <laughs> else did occur that really, really woke me up. Um, yeah. And it all has to do with health. So yeah. health is first. Health your health, your loved one's health, that has to be first. The sport mm-hmm. is not going anywhere. Like legit, it survived COVID. So it's like- <laughs> That's it's a valid point. Actually. Take a back mm-hmm. It can That's take a back burner. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Wow. Damn. Incredible. <laughs> I admitted this. I hadn't admitted this really. <laughs> like I was celebrating not being called out to finals. Meanwhile, of course you go to Olympia, you want to win it, but that- mm-hmm last year was not the year for that for me not at all not even close no that's wild how do, you, how do you feel having you know finally like admitting it or saying it you know out loud do you feel like some sort of like it's like free i feel freedom yeah. i feel pure mm-hmm. freedom because i am not i was the one that was holding myself back by doing too much i didn't realize mm-hmm. it you know we are um we are women that are very accomplished and we are surrounded by athletes that are very accomplished. Mm -hmm. And, and then you look at them in their professions and they are very accomplished. I mean, being a successful athlete, you have to have part of your DNA has to have that overachiever, you know, that little bit of type a, you may not be a full type a, you may be an AB like me, but there's a part (laughs) of you that makes you ultra competitive and makes you want what you want and do anything and everything it takes within reason to get to the goal. And so um, admitting that I was doing too much of everything and not being really good at 
okay, no, I, I can't say that. Cause I'm a really, I, and I, I, and I'm saying this because I'm proud of myself. I'm not saying this to be boastful. I'm a really good veterinarian. I'm a freaking excellent surgeon. I am, um, I'm, I'm a really good bodybuilder too. Um, and I'm proud of those things, but how could I excel at one or the other without going all in? So, um, admitting to myself and now admitting it to the world because hey this is going to be launched and the world's going to know mm-hmm. um that she i was overextended that. heck yeah like i was overextended and admitting it has now allowed me to clear space mm-hmm. so it has actually liberated me from the perspective of i can so clearly see what i want and i very clearly see what i don't want and i don't need Mm-hmm. Although I thought I needed those things or that position or that or whatever it is, I'm right. free. Like, I am free. I'm only going to do what I want to do. Because if I try mm-hmm. to do anything other, my body doesn't work. <laughs> so, other so things. yeah. The first thing I thought about is when you said it the first time and you kind of left that that first job. And you started looking better. And I was like, you know, once you started figuring it out, it was like that all came into play. You let go of the things that, you know, are not necessary for you. Right. And with you like saying all of this, it kind of goes back to like how Brandy started off her question. And she like mentioned herself and all that, you know, well, all that you're dealing with. (laughs) Yeah. Right there. I'm talking to you (laughs) as well. It's kind of cool that you, you know, you are also admitting to yourself like this is what's going on and the fact of recognizing recognizing what it is is gonna lead to you getting better and feeling better and everything becoming more manageable yes. I should say I feel like both both you know everything yeah, can- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. manageable and malleable like you can you can Ooh. be more bendable you can bet you can be mm-hmm. more flexible because it, it just becomes so much clearer and so so much easier for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to add on and oh my God, the thought I wanted, I had a way I was going to articulate it. Um, so the one thing I want to clarify is because we're talking about like balancing real life and, and real life career with bodybuilding and all of that. So the one, you know, you can do multiple things, right? And what I, what I, did for many years is I tried to integrate both professions because I knew, all right, I want to go all into bodybuilding, but I'm all in vet med and I'm not going to leave vet med. Um, so how do I make my veterinary career? How do I make them one? How do I combine the two? Well, my former role, I was very, I, I was very fortunate in that I could in, in to it, to an extent because of the flexible nature of the type of work mm-hmm. that I did I could I could very easily make it work together um and and then even before that with the end of life care um when I was doing house calls and helping so many animals in their homes have a peaceful transition so so it was just a different version of that career and and then obviously the original OG version was hey specialty in a hospital setting um that that was that version of myself so it doesn't mean that if you have a profession like if let's say if if the the conflict is in your mind of how do I do bodybuilding and how do I do my work or my profession or my job or my craft sometimes you just have to create a role that maybe doesn't exist in your Mm. the the you know let's just put it this way the job that pays the bills (laughs) 
because bodybuilding does not, um, unless you make it. But from that perspective, what I did and how I was able to do both for so very long was I molded my veterinary life to make it work for accommodating my bodybuilding career because I knew bodybuilding it's not like take the shows away, like the stage life away. It's our lifestyle, right? We, we, we eat a certain way. We move a certain way, right? We recover a certain way. Um, and, and we supplement a certain, you know, we do things a certain way and it's our lifestyle. The stage is the, you know, that's like the cherry on top for us, mm-hmm. but we still have to do our day to day and our jobs. So it's figuring out whatever you do as a profession, right? How can I make it? So this role or my profession how do I make it fun how do I make it what I want it to be where I can still accommodate what I want in my personal life like you just got to get strategic and think outside the box and share talk to people that you know not everybody you don't have to put your business out in the world but speak to you know find those that maybe did it like you want to do it learn from them I didn't necessarily have that so I've been kind of creating my own path um because I am the first veterinarian that became a pro. I am the first veterinarian that hit the Olympia stage at 40. So if I, this, <laughs> if I could do this as a technically a master's competitor, and I started late, started in my 30s, I could do it. Anyone can do it. You just have to want it. Remember, it's already done. Go all in. Go all in. Whatever it is you want to do. That is incredible. I just had to get that. I just had to get There's that. There's so out. many tidbits, and I'm <laughs> like, this, we can talk about this. Talk about that. Talk about I know. That. We've been oh, like, oh my god, notes over here. <laughs> I'm like, we just have to have a part two. I just saw the time. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I right. talk a lot. Can we just say that already? Like we said that <laughs> twice in this whole thing. So I feel like that's something that we definitely need to set up because there's a couple of things that you put out. Like even just. Um, informational stuff you mentioned um, writing it off and I'm like what (laughs) I definitely wanted to talk about that (laughs) yeah so it's it's so much and so many details that I feel like we we need to cover keep going (laughs) we can make this like a Joe Rogan segment it's three hour podcast like we could just do we could just do this Um, there is a space for everything that you're going to provide to your audience so I would love to come back for a part two three however However many, however many. Because I'm like, I still have so much more to say. And we were We do. I was like, I can go on all night. But Steph was over there on the East Coast. So it's probably super late for her. Um, and you, you can't be looking left and right with when Junior pops his head out. <laughs> like, oh, Mom, wait. are you done yet? Where's yeah. Junior? You know, you've been so incredible. We have a few more questions for you. We have yeah. like our staple questions and stuff like that. But one thing I do want to touch on really quick before we um, before we get there is something that you mentioned as far as feeling like a robot when you were going into mm-hmm. the Olympia and nobody would ever know it. I wouldn't have known that because like I said, I follow you. Um, when you were posting stuff, I didn't notice like there was a time where I felt like it kind of dropped off a little bit. And then I kind of saw you again. Um, and then, of course, we saw you at uh, the Battle of Texas and stuff like that. And I know you said you kind of felt a little better then. But you mentioned kind of putting on because you felt like maybe you felt like you needed to. Um, but I think that really 
points to what we're trying to do with our podcast, right? Because all most people see is Instagram, is seeing us put on and be stage ready and be glammed up or, you know, going through the prep process and showing our workouts. But we rarely see those downsides or those dark sides or those, you know, what's behind the mask. <laughs> yeah, the real. The real. Yeah. The real. Yes. So you're like real really raw. hitting the real raw <laughs> nice. and you, you are really hitting the nail on the head with this inaugural interview. Um, so I definitely appreciate that. We definitely appreciate that. So our staple questions, our closeout questions. Anybody want to ask? Steph, you want to go for it? I do not have it pulled up in front of me. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. good. That's okay. That's why we have a whole team here. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like you right. gave us a lot, you know, going into this. So some of it may be a little bit cyclical, and that's okay. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You got it, Steph? Nope. I take me a minute. So go ahead. The okay, last okay. two. The last two, yeah. So, so what excited. is the realest or rawest or both? or realest, rawest moment or emotion you have experienced during your bodybuilding journey, whether it's beginning, middle, or end? Mm. <laughs> um, the ugly crying <laughs> when I got my pro card. <laughs> <laughs> and the time I tripped when I got my pro card. And then there's also that time when I did the spinny spins and almost fell on my face and um this was actually really fun okay i'm gonna so the clash 2020 we know 2020 was a weird year right yeah, yeah. It, was weird. it was weird so weird but florida was open so guess what i needed something to do so i'm like i'm gonna go do this so uh i decided to hop into the clash knowing like body ain't right body's not we're not we're not going to win anything we just want to go do something and see all of our friends um so <laughs> So it's it again, it's 2020. It's that weird year where, you know, it's just it was just weird. And so we're at uh, we're in the auditorium and it's uh, the clash. And I we, we do the line. I don't remember how I place. It doesn't matter. I just had fun. But we end up doing the routines. And I decided, Kim, I still want to do my spinny spin. And he's like, OK, whatever. Do, do what you're going to do. <laughs> That's a good one. That was like, a good okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so pre-judging happens, that's fine. Finals. So finals, it's like, you know, we kind of amp it up even more because we're, we're more relaxed and the music's a little louder. So I come out and I do my little spinny spin and Sandy's head judging. <laughs> Sandy Williamson. Oh, yeah. So she's head judging. <clears throat> and, you know, she's always with the, she's smiling at us. She really is enjoying watching us and she's interacting with us in that way right um so and I can always I know where Kim is in the audience I always know where he is so I always look for him so I'm I come out and I do my little spinny spin and I like over I think my hair was too I don't know but I overspun and I it was like one of those like oh oh okay oh oh she didn't she didn't topple and so I I'm laughing. I'm literally laughing at myself on time. Just like, Oh, you just did that. And, and the judge, like Sandy was just 
<laughs> oh, and this is Kim in the audience. Like literally, he face palmed. He face palmed. And I looked at Sandy and I just like nodded and I just started chuckling. And then she started laughing and then everybody started laughing. And I oh. thought that was a really special moment. You know, maybe you guys wanted to hear a cringe moment. I can give you one of those. But this was, it was a really cool moment for me because I realized I could connect with my audience. Mm. I could connect. And then that fast forward, I know it's like, give one moment, but then fast no, forward to Olympia 2020. Well, ugly tears happened in uh, Omaha Pro when I won that, my first win ever. And I, I look at the photos and I'm just like, <laughs> every photo, like I, I'm, I'm just, I, I didn't, I, my brain is scrambled when I even think about mm-hmm. it actually, because I was so excited. But, and then Chicago came around. And I was just like, Bob Ciccarello's interviewing me. And I'm like, did that really happen? That really happened? Yeah, that really happened. And I'm like, this is like worldwide televised or, you know, pay-per-view because it's Wings of Strength. And I'm like, yes, this really happened. I worked for this. And I just like, I was like, I worked hard for this. I earned it. I won. Yes. And if I can do it, you can do it. And I was just like, what did I even say? I don't even remember. But Bob was there and I was ugly crying. And I was like, no, 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 we won. Yes, I won. Yes, I won. And if I can do it, you can do it. what I was saying like I don't know I was having a blonde moment I have no idea um (laughs) I'm sure being caught in that moment right after you know no sign of process (laughs) no well I almost passed out when they announced when they announced us Jody Yunker held me up Jody Yunker held me up because I didn't believe it like it was between me and Jazzy and they they you know Bob the way he announces it keeps everybody on their toes until he says it and he said um runner up and i'm like oh that's me jazzy or jess jazzy or jess and he's like and i'm like oh shit and i just went and i said i said out loud and out loud i was like oh shit oh shit oh shit and jody and i'm like i'm blacking out and jody is standing to my left and she held my hand Mm -hmm. and like that's why i love I love our fellow athletes because we 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 literally keep each other standing. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. Uh, but yeah, the first thing out of my mouth was, "Oh shit, <laughs> is this real? Is real? Oh shit!" <laughs> and I'm like, "I wonder if they could hear that because I said it really loud." <laughs> <laughs> they probably read and your lips too. Probably. Right. Oh god. <laughs> but and, and I have so many other moments. But those are those are like the the. Like, hey, that that just happened. Like, those are candid, kind of more candid experiences I had. But yeah, I almost, you just got to keep going. You almost trip, keep going. Make them laugh. Like, connect, connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's so good. <laughs> well, we were going to ask about advice. That. You just gave it. I know, yeah. right? But then you never know what another secondary one might be. You know, I, the, the first thing that comes to mind is go all in. Like, literally, you got to go all in. Whatever it is in life, in your profession or your craft, in the sport, whatever it is, that's my advice because it's advice I had to give myself. And 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 I am now... Um, I am now living life very differently because I am going all into the things that I love. Mm. If you find 
that you're stressed or you're conflicted or or you're you're in disarray whether it's mind or body there's something in your life that needs to be released mm-hmm. and that can look different each time because it's not just a one-time event in our lives right that can look different for all of us it could be something so simple like a time commitment release it because you need that time for something different or for rest or whatever it is if it's a a job uh I'm not telling y'all quit your jobs or do anything like that right beyonce 2.0 right uh (laughs) but you've got to consider well what else can i do because something's off, right? Listen to your bodies, listen to your bodies. When you learn to go all in to something you love, you will become so in tune with yourself. Um, And that's where intuition comes in. Trust your intuition. So those are my two things. Um, Go all in to whatever in your life you want to do, not just bodybuilding, just go all in, give it your all. Don't half-ass it. And the second thing is trust your gut, trust your intuition. You are probably going to be right when something's off and you feel it you've got to trust it whether it's a show you pick or or uh a whatever a de- any decision you just got to trust your gut with it mm-hmm. so those are my two um pieces of advice and it goes for life career bodybuilding all of it go all in trust yourselves with it nice very nice okay that's very good that's good stuff so um a different question and then we're going to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find you what you're into these days and so on and so forth so um one of the things i had mentioned at ccts that we decided we want to hear from other people that we talk to is the difference between wanting to compete and wanting to be competitive So I'll ask it in two different ways and you can decide which one you want to answer first um, or only. So at what point did you decide you knew you wanted to be competitive or you wanted to compete or be competitive or tell us what the two mean to you, like what the differences are? Either one of those will take. Okay. My brain kind of wants to answer them simultaneously. So I'm going to just wing it. Um, So choosing to compete versus being competitive, you have to kind of take a step back and understand why you are wanting to compete. Once you understand your why, then you will understand whether you want to compete just to compete or if you want to compete to be competitive. It's all a matter of the value you place on your why, in my, in my opinion and in my experience. Mm-hmm. For me, I decided to compete because I wanted to, not because I needed to have something to do, but it's something that I thought I would try. Let me try this. Let me be open to it because it's completely foreign to anything I've ever been exposed to. So I want to try it. I may not like it because I, I will advise like my posing clients or any anyone that I uh, run across in the bodybuilding world that I am able to have interaction with. Um, you may not like it, but if you don't try, you're never going to know ever. You may be stage shy. You may love everything about the prep process. You may love the lifestyle. You may freeze on stage. That may be a sign you either need to work on it or you need to 
not, you know, that's not part of what you're doing. Right. Um, for me, when I realized I was competitive <laughs> was in 2020, when my husband shook out of me, the fact that I am not a victim. Mm-hmm. So when I released the victim mentality of, and I'm going to, I'm going to, this is raw. This is raw. So as competitors, what do we do? This is human nature. We compare ourselves to others. And in 2020, when all the craziness went down, all I would say around this house was, but so-and-so has a home gym and -and so-and-so does this and -and so-and-so has that and -and so-and-so this, that, and the other. And we had a come to Jesus moment. That man (laughs) keeps me honest. And he pointed out, you are playing a victim. This is the first time the world is hearing this because I've not talked to any single soul about this. But that was the moment that I realized I am competitive because I snapped out of victim mentality because I don't need to have what she has or what that one has access to. I've got what I've got. So I just have to turn it on. And guess what happened? I started becoming successful in the IFBB. So the second you get out of your ass and stop being a victim, you will succeed and you will be competitive. That's the difference. Mm. That's good. <laughs> That's raw. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's raw. Right. I, like, I have nothing else. <laughs> I don't know if I was ready for that. <laughs> right. You weren't expecting that. I was. That's a mic I don't know what I was her. expecting, but it, it definitely hit. <laughs> yeah, I felt that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm not ready to edit this, but. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> But Steph's on that East Coast. I know that life is what's close. And still at work, I'm like counting with my fingers. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, no. Oh. (laughs) But you're making this work. So you are prime examples of how to make this work. So Mm -hmm. if you all can do it, our audience can do whatever they set their mind to. Yeah. We definitely have to have you back on. There's so (laughs) many more things that we could just talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a gem Part two three and four Facts. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> all right guys so i guess i'll do the honor because i don't think any of us really want to <laughs> we don't want to say see you later <laughs> the it'll be a see you later that's all I know. <laughs> definitely see you later yeah for sure if but... we have to beg we gonna have you back <laughs> no i'm there you're i'm yours i'm yours I'm awesome. awesome. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And okay, so we, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to say that this is the real, raw, real. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We've had Dr. Jessica Wilson sharing all of the goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and she'll be back. So we're not even going to say bye. We're going to say see right. you later because we're coming back for more. <laughs> right. I'm here and before we come back, tell, hold on, hold on. before we oh, come oh, back oh. or have her back, tell us where we can find you or tell us where everybody else can find you and what you're yes. getting into and what you're yes. promoting. All right. So um, you can find me on Instagram and my handle is real easy. One word. Jess Fit Vet, so J E S S F I T V, as a veterinarian, E T. Um, so that is my Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. 
that page needs to kind of needs a little revamp, but it's going to be the same facebook.com slash just fit bet or forward slash just fit bet. And then same on YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel. It oh. is in need of some love because it's been several years. I only have a few things up on some veterinary stuff, but that page is going to get a revamp soon. Um, and that handle is also the same. So you go to YouTube, mm-hmm. Just type in Jess Fit Vet, you will find me. Um, again, really limited content, and it's very old there, but it's going to get worked soon. I'm also on Twitch. I don't stream often, but on Twitch, I'm Dr. Jess Fit Vet, D-R-J-E-S-S-F-I-T-V-E-T. And then let me think, what else, what else, what else? I think that's all I got so far, but um, website is under construction um so that's going to be announced when it's ready i'm not rushing any of it any of this and i'm going to announce it here i'm currently five weeks out close to four weeks out okay (laughs) announcement we're 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 hopping into the wasatch warrior and we're gonna go from there nice do we need to circle back (laughs) y'all i'm joking (laughs) Nice. Yes. Very cool. (laughs) Well, we hope, I hope that, you know, this year gives you so much more than, you know, 2022, even though you still reach the, you know, the mountaintop at the end of the year. um, Hopefully this year you feel it more. Oh, I'm already there. That was a good one. (laughs) Already there. All of the feels. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I am rooting for you. So that's the beautiful thing um, about our bodybuilding world is is we're human beings that care about each other and respect each other and want to share our stories so that we can serve as examples. Um, I consider us servant leaders, if, if you kind of want to look at it from that perspective. Um, so I'm hopeful that the examples of my life that I have shared and the experiences that I am getting to live with all of you guys um, following along to some capacity, I I just hope to inspire you all to live the life you want to live. You can. You can live your dream life. I promise you. So go back to that childhood memory that you had, as crazy and as big as it can seem, and just reverse engineer it. Just figure out how to get there, and you will get there. Because mm. if you wish it, it's already done. I believe. Mm. Nice. That's definitely the pin drop. All right, Yolanda. I interrupted you the first time. (laughs) Stuff take it. So a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot to cover. But what we're gonna say, signing out. I mean, this is the first inaugural, so we actually have no clue. (laughs) Right. Well, we love having you on and we will see you again soon (laughs) thank you so much and i'm so excited for the launch of this podcast guys you're going to learn so much you're going to get that behind the scenes you know sneak peek to what our lives are really like um and and again hopefully you can take something away that can enhance your life just like the sport has brought us together um you know find your communities out there because your people are out there. You just gotta you just gotta stop looking and they'll show up. So that's that's, that's how I so wanna good. leave it. So till next time, right? Till next time. This is the Real Raw Real podcast. We appreciate you, Dr. Wilson. <laughs> All of her information will be in the show notes along with ours. 
And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure to subscribe, like, and share with a friend so that we can get the word out and build this community together. Good night, y'all. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining, guys. Have a good night.